This year I keep thinking about the passage from Luke chapter 2. It's a proclamation of the gospel that was delivered to the shepherds by the angel. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. It is the joy of Christmas that I keep thinking about. The joy of being loved and saved by God, the joy of knowing Him, the joy of awaiting His return, the joy to live on this earth for His glory. The joy that is available to all people. It's Saturday, December 18th, 2021, and today I am once again reviewing the news regarding abortion. It is of utter importance, and as the country continues the debate, countless lives are still being ruthlessly aborted. And my co-host Daniel reviews the barrage of tornadoes that hit the central and southern U.S. Welcome to Lifering, a podcast where we strive to provide you with a well-rounded review of what is going on in the world between Monday and Friday of this past week. My name is Alex, and we're excited to dive into today's episode with my friend, brother in Christ and brother-in-law, Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Welcome back to the show. Hey, it's very nice to be back on. Yes. We've had you on what episode? I don't remember. Sometime <laughs> in the last, last season. It almost felt for me like we've started... Oh, did we start it last year? I don't think so. No, we no it, was, this, it was this yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. So... One one of the first early episodes we had you on, and you you I remember you did a story on, oh, was it finance? Yeah, yeah. There was a few. There was like, I think yeah. there was one about Robin Hood, and then uh, yep. Biden's one of Biden's plans or whatever. I covered as well. The funny thing is, uh, whenever we'd have like a finance story or something like that, ever since Vadim would be like, uh, that one we should have a Daniel on, or that one we should cover when Daniel comes <laughs> yeah. on. So he just keeps remembering you in that light of like financial stories. So yeah, cool. Thanks for joining us. How you been? Yeah, um, it, I've been great, although it's been a pretty hectic few weeks for me with the holidays coming up quickly and, and everything that that, that that entails. I mean, uh, been having a lot of practices for the Christmas services at mm-hmm. my church and then been doing Christmas shopping on top of that, doing preparations for the Christmas and New Year's gatherings that we will be having. And and so I've been, it, it's been quite busy, but but I love it. I love this time of year, so I can't complain. Oh, no, it's exciting. I, I, I think that we're sort of like going towards this 24th, right? Like the date of, of, of Christmas. And so there's a lot of people preparing, a lot of people moving about, and then it kind of slows down. Yeah, there's a lot of work like in January yeah. 1st. And then all, all of a sudden it just clicks, and then yeah. you're in the new year, and then is as if nothing's <laughs> happened. And then uh, you can't even listen to Christmas songs anymore. You kind of turn it on, and it's like, ah, it's <laughs> Yeah, that's why I start November 26th. <laughs> yes. So before we begin with our stories, I wanted to share this story. There's this guy, his name's Vasily, and today he just blew me away, right? So uh, we received the package in the mail, and it's about the size of a laptop, like, you know, not, not too big of a package. And this guy's a friend of mine from, you know, way back. So he just decided to bless us with this personalized gifts for, like, every kid and every person in the family, right? Like... I've never received such an, and it was, you know, it was small things. Uh, it was a substantial still, you know, present, but like, man, it was just so personalized. And like, we haven't connected like in the past year or two, probably, maybe even longer than that. Where do you know him from? Um, just from childhood, we connected, I think, with, he's not even related to me. We just connected through. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, that's just met. And, and he, nice. came over, he came over here when we were in the fire department with, uh, with my friend Paul when we were volunteering. And so he came over, we... We had him put on, a, you know, some gear and we did our, some of the drills and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, uh, but yeah, it was just, I'm, I'm telling you, I've never, ever in my life, and I've, you know, I've received gifts from people, but just like 
that is something to think about. And again, I haven't connected with him yet as to how did he come about doing this. But when you receive something so special and or specialized or I don't know, like uniquely tailored from someone. Wow. Yeah, that's definitely a different experience when it's when you could see the time that they put in, like the, the thought yeah. that goes into it. It's definitely a different experience. I'm telling you, they had like candies in there. It had, it had a Mario coloring book and the boys right now are into Mario. Right. right. Like and each one had like a unique thing. And there, there was a total, I don't know, maybe like 100 things in there. That's amazing. Small, big, so, yeah. That's Anyways, cool. also I was going to mention, speaking about giving back or giving to others, we filmed a uh, movie with the teens group that I worked in the past with. I think we filmed it in 2019, if I'm not mistaken. Go search it up on YouTube um, if you haven't seen it yet. It's called Joshua's Christmas. If you type it in on YouTube, it should be like fourth result at this point. It's by Film Notebook, but I encourage you to take a look at it. It's a pretty cool story um all right let's get started with the first story of this episode so why talk about this topic again the topic of abortion well because somebody has to and being that abortion is at the forefront of conversation in this country during these past few weeks or month or so it's important to keep it going now we won't be covering it every week but looking at this particular week uh, i thought well which story you know is good for me to bring up to your attention again and it just had to be the news on the abortion topic now episode five i think two of us is ago with andre um Bedak, the 911 operator we covered it but anyways this week we're revisiting it again so do, do you daniel feel like this abortion topic has been in the headlines uh for this part of year more than before actually now that i think about it it definitely has been brought up quite a bit over the past several years and especially this year um, i think a lot of it has to do with uh, more and more of the right-leaning states drawing lines and taking a stand against this terrible thing so yeah yep. uh, i've definitely noticed that it's been talked about a lot more recently and i assume probably with more like even uh people like easier access to make videos and, and social media all of that like allows it to kind of yeah exponentially increase it yeah well you know what's interesting i was i was i was digging a bit for demographics on pro-life movement and found an interesting quote by christianity today with links regarding you know to the studies and organizations involved here's the quote there are millions of people globally who advocate for the unborn they include religious and non-religious gay and straight people, people of all races and ethnicities, and yes, both men and women in basically equal numbers. Now, do you personally know anyone who's uh, anti-abortion? Yeah, I know I know many people. In fact, most of the people that I'm around mm-hmm. have the same opinion on, on this topic. And I, I, don't, and I don't just mean like uh, my friends in the church, but actually many of the co-workers that I work with and, and people that I interact with during the week have similar views as me. And, and it's actually pretty surprising since we're in a pretty deep blue state living mm-hmm, up here in mm-hmm. Washington. What about the other way? Uh, Can you it, name a few people who are and what is it, pro, pro-choice? Yeah, that's I mean, there's Matter always those that, they're, right. and they're pretty vocal about it as well right. when you when you bring up the topic. The reason I'm bringing up the demographics question is that this is not just a religious topic. And we should assume that protecting the unborn children from being killed is, you know, is only of interest to Christians or other religious people who fundamentally hold on to the sanctity of life. And so on the issue where pro-life arguments are based on scientific evidence, Anyone with a heart and mind intact would pause and come to a conclusion that what we're seeing is legalized murder of children. Now, here's one story that actually happened a week before, but I think it's worth mentioning here. So last Friday, the Supreme Court ruling, according to WTOP News, and I quote here, allowed Texas abortion law that bars the procedure after the first six weeks of pregnancy to remain in place. 
but said abortion providers have the right to challenge the law in federal court. However, the ruling limits which state officials can be sued by abortion providers, which could make it difficult for them to resume providing abortions after the sixth week of pregnancy. That's due to the law's novel enforcement mechanism, which allows private citizens from anywhere in the country to bring civil suits against anyone who assists a pregnant person seeking an abortion in violation of the law. But really what happened is the Supreme Court declined to halt the challenge against uh, Texas heartbeat abortion ban that went into effect uh, as of September 1st this year. And this has overall has been seen as a victory by the pro-life movement. That means that the current ban on abortion in Texas past six weeks stays. So on the other side, you have the pro-choice people, right? Who For them, it wasn't the great news. They were outraged and bewildered by the decision. Uh, and I found this quote. They're saying, it's disappointing that this bill is so blatantly cruel and unconstitutional. And the court has decided not to grant us relief. While we hold our hope for the rest of our lawsuits, the court still failed us today. So that was from the pro-choice group that brought the actual lawsuit. But you know, it's interesting. I look at that and I'm like, cruel and unconstitutional. Where do you find in, like in constitution? You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. There's just yeah, and, and it, it just co- goes down to their core understanding or their core beliefs of of the actual child. They don't believe that it's an actual human, or they right, right. they fool themselves to to believe the other way, and that's focusing on the woman and not the life that's within her. Right. That's almost like they turned the, like there's only one party involved. Yeah, in they're turning thing. a blind eye to it. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyways, so this week uh, the pendulum swung the other way. And by this week, I mean this past week. The Biden administration, which is too weak to consider anything that goes against their fan base, uh, and I quote this from Christian Headlines, on Thursday, the Biden administration said it's reversing two decades of bipartisan precedent and will allow pregnant women to receive an abortion pill by mail, clearing the way for a landmark policy change that pro-lifers warn will have a devastating impact on women's health and safety. Now, have you have you heard much about abortion pills? I mean, not really. Aside from aside from the headlines that recently came out, I don't think yeah. I've very much knowledge about them at all. Yeah, and and I've I haven't heard about this before. I thought this was something that you know would be in medical circles, something that the doctor would prescribe. And apparently, that's what it is. This is about a policy that was upheld by all previous administrations. Uh, we're talking about Clinton, Bush, Obama, Trump. That in the past, if you wanted an abortion pill, it would be given to you in person at the clinic or doctor's office. Now, during the pandemic, this in-person dispensing, quote-unquote, was put on hold. However, as a result of the recent push by pro-choice, the new FDA uh, policy doesn't put the requirement of in-person dispensing on the list. So the pill apparently kills the baby and induces contractions, which could lead to a host of medical issues at home, right? So they take these pills home and then it, it, it just it could, it could become a mess. According to Charlotte Lozier Institute, between 2000 and 2019, over 3,800, so 3,800 adverse events were reported to the FDA related to the abortion pill, including at least 20 deaths, and more than 500 life-threatening complications. They also said that a significant number of complications were unreported and that FDA may have missed as many as 95% of serious chemical abortion adverse events. Now, finally, as this issue continues to be pulled back and forth between pro-life and pro-choice decisions, here's a great bit of news in a world going crazy. But before that, do you know where Guatemala is on the ma- on the map? Like if I, I think so. I, I think describe? so. I'm not I'm not the best with with uh, countries or geography but 
I think isn't it one of the smaller countries like under Mexico? Yeah, it's actually the next country after Mexico. Nice. So it's stuck between Belize, El Salvador, and Mexico. There we go. Good. All right. So we pinpointed it's in Central America. Turns out Guatemalan president Alejandro Guillamatei uh, was not invited to Biden's democracy summit, even though Guatemala is a democratic nation. So according to Christian Post, Alfonso Aguiar, president of the International Human Rights Group, suggested that the ideological differences were likely a significant reason for the country's omission since Guatemala is unapologetically pro-life. So apparently he was in, in Washington, D.C., and uh, he spoke at the Williard Hotel at an event hosted by the Institute for Women's Health, a pro-life organization. And so I quote here from Christian Post. In his speech at the Institute for Women's Health event, Guillamate elaborated on his passion for pro-life movement and announced that Guatemala would be declared the pro-life capital of Ibero-America on March 9th, 2022. There's going to be some kind of unveiling of a, of a monument which will mark this fact in history. And he went on to say, every individual deserves to have their lives protected from conception to natural death. It is totally false that abortion is a human right. Any effort to try to impose abortion in a country is undue interference in international affairs. Without a legal anthropological or scientific basis, some currents of thought make supposed rights, which are nothing other than the denial of the true inherent right of the person. Now, this guy is apparently a doctor himself and a person of faith. So that's the main news. We're going to make Guatemala be the pro-life capital of Ibero-America. By the way, did, have you heard that before? Ibero-America? I have not. What, is that, what does that mean? What they're saying is all of the South American countries, plus Central American countries along with Mexico, and Spain and Portugal. Oh, wow. So basically all the countries that are in, like, if you type in Ibero-America, you get, like, this map of, like, you know, all the Spanish-speaking right. countries. Yeah. That's cool. So take it from someone who's willing to step up and declare his position boldly on an international level, right? What a shame to President Biden and what a great example for us all. In all of this, let us not forget that this is a devastating issue for both sides. There is a mother involved. And oftentimes a mother who has been left alone to deal with the consequences of a choice that burdens her. And many have been pressured by their families, circumstances, lack of support, lack of options to do the unthinkable. And as time passes on, that is something they will always have to look back on and reflect. Abortion is a beast that destroys and hurts so many. The child is gone, the mother is wounded, the society is burdened. So let's not forget that this issue also causes us to show compassion and remember the mothers who have struggled with this issue and succumbed to the pressure to extinguish a life. Let's stand firm on the issue, but offer grace to those willing to acknowledge their grave mistake. Welcome to Lightning Round, where we get to take a look at the rest of the stories that are interesting, important, and worth looking at. Let's begin with the first one, our world news story. So according to State Department officials speaking to the journal, over 60,000 Afghan interpreters and other people who have put in applications for asylum in the United States after helping American troops are still in Afghanistan, according to Daily Wire. So basically there's been more recent evacuation flights, apparently. Uh, usually they say the preference would be given to the U.S. residents, but there's also space for those who got their visas, is what they're saying. So from that number that I just named, 60,000, half of them went through the vetting process and are now a step closer to being evacuated. And that, of course, includes their families. 
but that means that about thirty thousand and their families are or twenty nine thousand are are in the very early stages of application. So this is us trying to sort of clean up the mess of getting the people out of the country. Also, there was some talk that since since the fall of Kabul, apparently 479 Americans and 450 U.S. citizens with their families were also relocated. And somebody mentioned in a White House press briefing, kind of like pointing out, oh, didn't you? Didn't Biden say there's only like a hundred or two hundred left? Mm-hmm. Um, at which point she she was like, I don't. Know. Her comment was vague as to why now all of a sudden there's like 479. You know, anyways. So they just messed up on the whole thing. And I guess there was never a clear focus of why we were in Afghanistan beyond defeating Saddam Hussein. At least that's what I read, like, on the notes in the Senate where they were trying to learn, like, the lessons from the war. And they're saying that after initial military victory over Taliban, there just apparently was no plan other than to secure American forces' presence, right? And so after a while, the Taliban was like, oh, they're not really doing much, you know? And so they resurged again, and eventually it led to this. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely surprising to hear how many people are still left there. And after hearing over and over mm-hmm. that everyone is safe and brought out and, and it all just all just seems very unresolved to me. Notable COVID news are that Johnson & Johnson vaccine is the ugly one and gets to be ousted this week. Not completely, but on Thursday, CDC advisors said that basically, yeah, take the Pfizer and Moderna unless you're 18 and younger than... No, hold on. Take the Pfizer and Moderna especially if you're 18 or younger, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're fine with you taking Johnson & Johnson if you want to kill yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so concerning. That's like, what, what, it is. what like, if you are one of the people that already took the Johnson & Johnson and you're reading this news and you're like, okay, so now I have a chance to get a stroke or, or whatever that is? <laughs> like, like I know it's all these moving matter, goalposts yeah. and all these changing changing regulations and changing apparent weren't all of these approved by the FDA or right, whatever and right. then now they're getting disapproved or dis like and also like the concerns over the heart uh, issues right were brought up before and then they were shut down in the early yeah. stages kind of like don't say that that's, you know, yeah that is it's weird. that should be very concerning to those people and like yeah that I I feel like that is a big reason for all the vaccine hesitancy that they that that that's that you see right yeah and, and but then the other thing my wife was mentioning and i don't know if well, i think she was talking about she's like oh isn't johnson johnson the more safer vaccine so apparently as far as i know the johnson and johnson one doesn't use the mrna technology that both uh, pfizer and moderna use so it's kind of a different they use a different approach and so i wonder if that has anything to do with yeah. it so well, the, according to NPR, the recommendation was prompted by the occurrence of rare and sometimes fatal blood clotting problem called thrombosis with some kind of th- thrombus. Oh, that's a hard word. Earlier reports of the issue address cases of cerebral, cereb- cerebral venous sinus thrombosis. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, bad stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're older, steer clear, unless you want the non-existing quote-unquote, side effects. Oh, and then there's the pills, which uh, even the Rochelle Valensky, I was watching her interview on one of the networks, didn't know what to say when she was asked. She's like, uh, they're like, well, now we have this pill, the COVID pill, right? Should people still get vaccinated, right? Because now you could just go get a pill. And she's like, we, of course, want everybody to get, uh, to be safe is what she said, meaning to take the vaccine. So Paxlovid, Paxlovid, 
uh, Pfizer's pill to treat COVID-19 retained its 89% efficacy at preventing hospitalization and death in the full results of a study of uh, two, two and a half thousand high-risk patients, the company said on Tuesday, according to Stat News. So there's, there's a pill out there now that can help battle COVID. To me, it sounds like Pfizer looked at this whole thing and they're like, hmm, how can we do this again? You know, <laughs> let's put it inside a pill and let's see if they'll take it. Yeah. How else can like, we make our money? How, like, is, is the formula there? Like, what are you doing that's different in a pill versus... It's literally like they're trying to put... I heard, this might be some conspiracy mm. stuff, but I heard that it's very similar to the ivermectin one that's been oh. that's been called horse dewormer yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But... That's just from what I heard. It's it's right. I haven't really looked into it too deeply, but they're saying that it's very similar to the ivermectin right. uh, pill that oh, they've that been be, they've been completely trashing. Oh, that would be a trick. Just yeah. I mean, just change it a little bit. If it works, you know, yeah. and you could make money off of it, just change the name, right? Yeah, that's worth looking into. I I wow, that's an interesting one. So another story this week was that Biden and his and his and his folk are. Uh, pulling out of the massive settlement talks uh, this week for immigrants who illegally entered the United States under the previous administration and who were separated from their families. So in in late October, the Biden administration was considering payments as high as uh, $450,000 to every illegal alien who was separated from their family, which, which could amount to close to $1 million per family. What? Which is absolutely absurd. That's yeah, insane. and and after and after like they first proposed it, there were many many people that uh, began pushing back on the Biden administration, and so and so they at first lowered this this uh, this payout or whatever. Uh, but now it looks like they completely pulled out. What do you th- what do you think of these of these uh, payments? Well, to me, uh, first of all, uh, if families are separated, it is a, an issue, right? And if it's especially if it's due to the way. I don't know, logistics are at the border, let's say, right? But man, not to the point, come on, $450,000 like paid to all the families that are suffering, I don't know, from losing a job because they couldn't get it. Yeah, it's crazy how you could could break the law by... Religious views or something. Yeah, you 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 could break the law by crossing the border, right? And then you could come back and sue the country that you got into illegally Mm -hmm. and then they pay you uh, a payout. It's, it's it's pretty it's pretty weird. I mean, I don't know about you, but I for a second considered going down there and getting getting in on some of this money. Not sure, I wasn't really sure about the logistics of that. But that's that's a lot of money. Wow. I mean, that's that's a house right there. All right, so let's talk about Biden's Harris administration trucking action plan to strengthen America's trucking workforce. So they're going. They're they're saying in the report they released, they said seventy two percent of goods in America are shipped by truck. Most communities, uh, it's the only form of delivery. Now, if 72 are shipped by truck, so what's the rest like? Are we talking about ship? Oh, airplane, air, airplanes, airplane. probably. Okay. Now, they're short nearly 80,000 truckers, according to Daily Wire. And so the focus of this plan is on the outdated infrastructure, according to Harris and Biden. So they're going to put $30 million in funding to the states to hurry the whole CDL process. Then kick off some Biden 90-day challenge to develop apprenticeship programs. They're also planning to call up 70,000 veteran drivers, so basically the guys who used to truck in the past five years, and see if they want to come back, and then launch another initiative to study best trucking practices. 
But what they failed to acknowledge is that Biden's vaccine mandate almost caused a 40% loss of drivers before this whole vaccine mandate was dropped by the courts, right? Uh, and apparently there's still a mandate in place for non-resident drivers crossing into Canada. They need to be vaccinated. They can't just cross the border. Yeah. So it, that's probably causing... It, I mean, it's, it's just... Yeah, it seems like there are many things. There's so many things working against the dr- truckers with the vaccine mandates and the different regulations in different states, and, and and then to add to that the backups on the ports to add to it, and mm-hmm. and just seems like a big logistical failure on Biden's part, and and now they're trying to get themselves out of it, you know, and and push uh, throwing money at it and throwing. I mean, it it definitely is a problem, but. There's there they personally did a lot of things to affect it. Right, we wouldn't be here if not all the restrictions that have been imposed yeah. in the country and yeah, all of that. But it definitely seems like a good investment opportunity. I gotta say. So for the next story, apparently the Senate is giving up on passing Biden's Build Back Better social stimulus plan. At least, at least for the rest of this year, they might they might try to attempt get back on it next year or whatever. Um, it looks like Biden was able to get all the Democrats on board with with uh, with a few of the moderates uh, like Manchin and, and Cinema, uh, who who weren't weren't budging. Uh, they needed all all of the senators of the Demo- mm-hmm. all the Democratic senators to, right. to be able to pass it. And so this is uh, this is this is not the infrastructure bill that was passed earlier with actual infrastructure things included in it like roads and whatever. Uh, this one is more of the the social part of that, so they split it in two. Mm. This one includes things like healthcare, education, climate, uh, climate funding or uh, and immigration and tax laws that extend a host of COVID nineteen programs and spending. I mean, the I think the main I think what the main concern for these moderates was the the crazy inflation that we're in right now, and mm-hmm. and the, they're they're uh, they're thinking that it's 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 going to make it worse. You know, if we throw more money into the system, it's gonna it's gonna make it worse. And I, and I think rightfully so. I think they're they're onto something. And they were trying to pass it by Christmas, is what I'm seeing, right? Yeah, they were they were trying That's to get it done this year, and and it looks like they're going to try to focus on other things because they're not getting anywhere. So this next story is is uh, was about a Haitian gang that held over 17 Christian missionaries hostage, uh, I think since since October 17th, and the news was that it has finally released the last 12 uh, this week, which which is amazing to hear. Um, it's still unclear whether there was a ransom paid or how much it was, but the United States had FBI agents working there with local authorities uh, to help with the whole process. And apparently the gang wanted a $17 million ransom, so I think a million per person. Um, I'm not sure if they're not sure if that was paid or not. And it, it, it's crazy to hear about these things happening, especially uh, being on mission trips to Mexico and, and Panama myself. I can't imagine uh, what those people felt being... Now, these were people like from the mission, right? Yeah. Meaning some kind of a religious organization. Right? Yeah, I think there was the the Mennonites. The mm-hmm. Men- yeah, so I can't imagine what they felt um, being held hostage for over two months and not knowing, not knowing whether you will live or not and, and what will happen to you. Yeah, that 400 Mawozo is, is their name. It means 400 idiots. 
Really? Uh, yeah, I, I looked in, uh, a bit into it. Uh, apparently, that's a gang that came to prominence recently. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they began with just stealing motorcycles. So, you know, like you'd be riding on a moped, they'll come up and point a gun at you and take away your motorcycle. And they kind of rose to prominence by literally kidnapping people. And, and just and they were successful at that because you have all these small villages apparently near the city where they operate that it's really hard to for the authorities to even track you down. You can hide out for a long time. Now, there's other organizations like or other criminal organizations which will do like short-term kidnapping. They try to resolve before authorities even get involved. They usually do lesser amounts. But these guys have all the time apparently and they, you know, not always do they succeed, but a lot of times I, I read that the government ends up paying off the money uh, and, and rescuing people. So it's it's crazy, yeah, what people are driven to in 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 a place which is, you know, not doing real well. So there's the story of uh, a church in Houston, Texas, a pretty big church. Uh, let me see what the name of this church is. Champion Forest Baptist Church, all right? Uh, and apparently they uh, put on this... They put on this annual Christmas spectacular show, which runs from December 8th to December 12th, right? And it's this incredible, huge, big show, which from the highlights that I saw, it looks like mostly mostly secular, meaning you got Santa and you got elves on stage and you've got, uh, you know, all the regular Christmas songs that you're singing. But it also has the nativity scene. And, and, uh, and in the end, they would invite people to, you know, accept Jesus as their personal savior. So it's kind of like an event for the community. Uh, but here's the deal. How, how do you look at it? It's done in the church, right? In the church building. Um, yes, you're kind of reaching out to the community, but you're also putting on like, I don't know, seeing the Santa in the church. And then, uh, but in the end, like they say 11,000 people, or I'm sorry, 1,100 people turned on their flashlights to to signify that they accept uh, accepted Christ, meaning on their phones, they kind of shown after they were asked. So, how, how do you view that personally? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's definitely a a controversial or a, a touchy or a touchy subject, I guess you could say. It's um, bringing in Santa and the elves and and this whole story into the church, I guess. You could look at it from one perspective as as you're you're diluting the the gospel message or the, diluting the the nativity scene, but in a way you're also reaching out to the community. You're offering them something that they're familiar with that that reminds them that it, right now this is their idea of Christmas is Santa and the elves, and and you're kind of bringing them in and then exposing them to the gospel, exposing them to the nativity scene, which. Which I you could you could you could look at it from a different perspective and 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 see that as a good thing and 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 obviously it, it looks like it it worked with the people that that um, accepted right so the and gospel. it's interesting because if we don't look at the building as something sacred right yeah uh, they're not saying that this is like a Christmas I don't know nativity show or so. it's a Christmas spectacular meant for the community and that's why I'm also looking at this and I'm like you know. Maybe it is worth sometimes to break sort of the traditional view on things uh, of how we see evangelism, right? Because these people literally reached out to, you know, probably thousands in the community. Because this is just 1,100 of people who said, you know, that they have made that commitment to allow God to transform their hearts and minds. But much more were in attendance. And this is over multiple days as well. So, um yeah, I guess it's interesting. And again, this wasn't a church service, right? Yeah. So maybe there is place for that. It's kind of interesting to see what's going on out there in the greater 
ecumenical body of Christ. So here's a ridiculous story. Now, it begins like a ridiculous story should begin with three words. A Florida man. <laughs> so you remember the time That's... we talked about it at your house? Uh, my wife was bringing up the fact that you could type in a Florida man and like your birth date and you would get essentially a crazy story for your birthday. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a ton yeah. of those. Yeah. And it's well, always Florida man. Exactly. So there's uh, this one is on December 17th. So there you go. A Florida man says that he was kicked off of United Airlines flight Wednesday for wearing, for wearing women's underwear as COVID-19 face mask. This guy, uh, his name is Adam Jen, Jen, Adam Jen of Cape Coral, uh, told Fox Business, told Fox Business that he wanted to make a point about what he regarded as the silliness of people having to wear masks on planes. He said he has been wearing women's underwear to highlight the absurdity of masks since last summer. (laughs) That's one way to do it. What what I heard was that airplanes have the the best air filtration Mm. out there. Like they have the HEPA filters already in the air filtration. So all the air that's being pushed on you is being filtered very well. And so like this whole idea of COVID spreading on airplanes is ha- doesn't really have that much ground to stand on in the first in the first place. But th- this this guy, yeah, he he is definitely making a statement with that. It goes to show the hypocrisy, I guess, uh, of this whole mask idea. Like if if it was any other shape of cloth, it would have been acceptable except right. this specific shape. So I mean, yeah, way to go make a statement. I'm not recommending it. <laughs> there's a Florida man out there. <laughs> So Apple apparently this week hovered just under the three trillion dollar market value, something that that is crazy to even say. I mean, to have a single company that is worth that much is just is just incredible. And what's even more impressive is that it went from two to three trillion in less time than it went from one to two trillion. So it took two years for it to get to to two trillion, but only sixteen months to get to three trillion, which is which is crazy how it's like speeding up instead of slowing down. You'd think that a company that old, you know, begins to kind of slow down and in and, and top out and max out its profits, but it, it's still holding strong. And and being a mostly Apple product user myself, I can confidently say that I I helped contribute to this uh, to this milestone. What do you what do you think about Apple? They created a culture of this planned obsolescence where, and so like for example, I was watching a video. I forgot what the name of the YouTuber was, but like a light bulb, right? Initially, when they made light bulbs, they would last for like a long time. But as time goes on, you're like you can't make any more money by selling it, so you need to decrease the lifetime of a light bulb. Well. And so they did that. They actually gathered together all the light bulb people in the world gathered and, and uh, decided to decrease the amount of time that a light bulb could work so that they could continue to sell and their sales went up. So same with Apple, right? Like they sell based on style. So, for example, how things become obsolete is by releasing another iPhone that has marginal improvements. Barely anything has changed. But because it's the cool new thing and it's different than it was a year before, uh, the people are out there to buy. So, of course, it, it keeps growing. Although, also, I heard that the first million, just like for millionaires, the first million is hard, and then the next one and the next one is much easier. Mm. I guess same. Yeah, that, make, that does make sense. Right? Yeah, It's crazy. Once you capture so much of the market, it's just they're just coming back. All right. In the world of innovation, two stories that caught my attention. One is this giant kites that drag cargo ships across the ocean go on trial, apparently. So is it like a is it like a parachute or look at that yeah oh my 
Yeah, so so huge uh, giant kite that is going to be attached to these cargo yeah, ships that, that go across the ocean, and apparently that looks like one of those parasailing, like a shape for the for those listening. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It looks like one. Yeah, like or what's another one? Uh, kite surfing. Yeah, yeah. And so basically, they're saying this is going to reduce uh, fuel consumption and emission from vessels by twenty percent. It's going to fly at an altitude of three hundred meters, uh, and it's this one thousand square meter parafoil. That's just man. That that's unique. That's, that's pretty cool. It looks yeah. really cool. Using, yeah, using the wind again. Yeah. So there's that, and then the other one was uh, eye drops. I don't know if you saw that one. Basically, the first FDA approved eye drops to treat blurry vision are now available in the U.S. for people who have who are nearsighted. Now can ditch their glasses or their reading glasses at least for some time because you take this eye drop and uh, it lasts for a whole day. No way. That's yeah. I wonder how that works. Is it just like it like magnifies? Is it like a thin layer that dries up? And I wonder how that works. Is it like it probably like seals the outside of the eye with like a different magnifying la- layer? It looks like it's uh, some kind of drug that shrinks the pupil of the eye. Oh, it reduces the pressure in the eye, and now the eye is able to better focus. Wow, improving the vision in the near range, while distance vision is apparently still unaffected. So. Uh, once the treatment has been approved by an eye doctor, the eye drops are simple and safe to apply, according to Science Alert, and they can have an effect in as little as 15 minutes and continue working for up to six hours. And in the world of space, uh, two cool things happened. One is uh, we have the Parker Solar Probe. So we sent this thing out in 2018 to explore the mysteries of the sun. It's a 1.6 billion mission. Think about it. 1.6 billion just to go and study the sun. I mean, I, sh- sure, it's going to impact the way we understand the sun and maybe, I don't know, somehow impact things here on Earth. But this thing is circling around the sun. At its closest approach, it endured temperatures approaching 200 or 2,500 degrees Fahrenheit. And so according to USA Today, Parker will keep drawing ever closer to the sun and diving deeper into the corona until its grand finale orbit in 2025. So recently it has uh, dipped again into like the actual corona itself, hmm. the exploding from the sun. So we've got something out there. We literally touched the sun, you could say, at this point. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's that's Parker's getting quite the tan. Yeah. <laughs> Till 2025, think about it, it's circling around. So that's... Yeah, that's, that's crazy to build, to build, yeah, something that could withstand the heat for so long, constantly, nonstop, yeah. And then the other one uh, in space is that we have this uh, rare comet, which is expected to pass by Earth for the last time on none other than Christmas Day, astronomers say. Like a month or a few months ago, we were supposed to have some kind of uh, northern lights <laughs> visible from our area. I stayed up so late, had didn't see anything. Apparently, they were canceled. <laughs> I didn't know about that. And so... Didn't tell you Yeah, it, it, like... I don't know. I feel like I'm. I get to miss all of these astrological events. <laughs> we drove out as well with Karina in the middle of the night looking for them, and nope. I feel like it's someone just pranking everyone every time. <laughs> for the last story, for those of you that are sports fans out there, um, Urban Meyer, who is uh, the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, was was fired this week. Um, there were reports of. Uh, he he was accused of making racist remarks and bullying black players. There was a video earlier this year of him at a bar 
doing some weird things. And uh, one of the players reported him, Urban Meyer, actually kicking that player. So there's there's been a lot of negative things about him. And, and the team is not doing very hot either with a with only two wins and 11 losses this uh, this season. So I guess it kind of made sense. Can you tell me where Seahawks are at? I mean, they're not doing very hot either. They're, let's call it a rebuild year. <laughs> They've had some problems. And then the quarterback, Russell Wilson, he was injured for a few games. Oh, that's right. The finger and, thing. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and they're figuring out the defense. So there's there's a few problems. But I think they're at uh, five, five wins and eight losses. So... I think they won the last two games. Five wins, eight losses. Yeah, so they're 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 at a losing season right now, but they're they have a chance to pull it off. There's 17 games total, so they have a chance. If and also if the the other teams in our division don't do as great later on, I think there might there's like a, a very slim chance of them making the playoffs. But we'll see. All right, and that's all for the lightning round. So for my story this week, I want to get into the recent natural disaster that hit the southern east region of our country, uh, namely Kentucky, which took the biggest hit. It was actually one of the deadliest storms in the state's history with a total of 77 confirmed deaths out of 90 total across the states. And many, many people are still missing according to the latest information that I could find. So last weekend, there was at least... 30 tornadoes between uh, Friday and Saturday that that struck Kentucky, Illinois, Tennessee, Missouri, and Arkansas uh, with one of of the Kentucky tornadoes uh, traveling over 200 miles. I think I think the record was like 212 or something, and and they're arguing, uh, they're debating this topic whether mm-hmm. whether this one is 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 longer or not. Because we at the time when the story just was breaking, we were like, oh, there's this one big tornado. Yeah, just kind of landed in the area, but it turns out there's like there was there was a lot of them which weren't as big, but this the the one that traveled 200 miles it it caused a lot of damage, and uh, I mean it was it was pretty horrifying just looking at the pictures of all the damage and reading reading people's experiences who were trapped under piles of of debris and uh, not being able to move at all. And then they're feeling the people walking on top of them, you know, looking for them. They're trying to shout to them, like, get all this stuff off of me. But they're like, you're, you're 10 feet down. We're trying to get to, you know, it's it's, yeah, it, it gets, it got pretty, pretty crazy there. And, some of the most significant damage happened to a candle factory in the city of Mayfield, Kentucky. Uh, another one was an Amazon warehouse in Illinois and a nursing home in Arkansas. I mean, it pretty much leveled those buildings. I've never seen anything like it personally. The the tornadoes literally picked up cars and, and ripped roofs off of buildings and off of houses, many times completely leveling uh, everything and spreading this debris for miles. Like it would pick up all this stuff and move it miles miles away and there's there was cars on top of buildings and then people under there and it was just crazy i just noticed that people saying that mayfield like uh was essentially like obliterated from the face of earth like because of the amount of damage that it done to the infrastructure yeah you might have like a few houses but yeah yeah just looking at the pictures it just looks like a bunch of mess everywhere you can't see a single building you can't make out anything and and they're estimating that the total cost of damages is is well over 18 billion dollars wow. which would make it 
the costliest such event in U.S. history. Many teams of rescuers were sent to these locations, uh, these piles that were just left of the buildings, just searching for the people that were trapped underneath. And it's definitely something that I can't even imagine experiencing. Have you have you ever seen or, or, or have any knowledge or experience with these or tornadoes or anything? Not really, but there's this one there's this one moment and I don't know if you were if you remember if, whether you were there or not. We were in Seattle at night. We were, I think we were going from Portland or coming home or maybe going to Portland and we stopped in the middle of Se- I know Stan was there for sure. And we were in the middle of the street and uh like it, at night apparently just wasn't any cars uh at all and so the wind picked up a bunch of trash like in a whirlwind. Do you remember that? And it started spinning. It's it. ringing a bell. Yeah, I yeah. think I think I remember. It was just that. in the middle of the street, and it like it literally just picked up, and there was this column of of small trash kind of moving in the middle yeah. of the street. That's that's the only tornado experience, <laughs> I had, which was not even a tornado. Yeah. But whatever happened there, it kind of started to just. It was just wind, I guess. So no, not no real experience of tornado. Yeah, me neither. That's the thing. Like, yeah. I, no, seeing those little whirlwinds and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, makes makes you think about that. But growing growing up and living my whole life in the Northwest as well, tornadoes. Are or something that you just that you just hear about yeah. and up until this this recent event I've had very little knowledge about them but basically to put it into simple terms what causes uh, most of, of most of the tornadoes that happen is is attributed to instability pretty much instability in the atmosphere basically uh cold dry air from mm-hmm. from up north like Canada uh, where it's really cold is moving down south and the very warm moist air from the south from the gulf is is mm-hmm. is moving north and, and this in this collision it creates thunderstorms so this is where right. s- where storms are made and it causes air to start circling around and out of these thunderstorms is where tornadoes are formed right and so some of the more recent updates on this whole situation is that not even a week after these tornadoes hit which would be uh, Wednesday this week, that same region was hit by some crazy wind and dust storms and dust clouds with with winds that were over 100 miles an hour uh, sweeping through that area, adding to all of this damage that has already happened. Wow. So, yeah, there's like, I think... You're trying uh, to, like, <laughs> clear up the rubble. Yeah, and, all, uh, and I, I think they, they, they showed, like, satellite images of, mm-hmm. of the dust storms, and it's just, like, pitch black. Well, you can't see anything. It's just dust yeah, yeah. everywhere. They're calling it an unusually warm winter with all this warm air coming up. It's supposed to be a cold time of year, so that's causing all of this uh, instability in the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Another interesting development is that some of the workers from that candle factory that was destroyed that were working when the tornadoes hit their building are now filing a class action lawsuit against the company. These people that were working there during the night, they were saying that they were threatened to be fired if they left the building Mm -hmm. hours before this major tornado hit and just destroyed their workplace. That whole building was just leveled to the ground. The workers said that there was an initial emergency tornado alarm in the city. So I think there was like a smaller tornado that passed in the area. So they have these tornado alarms set up. They start ringing and, and people know to get undercover and, and to protect themselves, to shield, shelter. So that would be my question is like, okay, so where, where are you going to go? You're, you're probably, you want to be in like in a good building, in a good structure. Yeah. Building, right? So w- when they hear these, they, they try to get into a, a safe spot. And so, yeah. so after this initial emergency, many of the workers started asking the, the bosses or whoever mm-hmm. was in charge, asking to be let home because 
they want to go back to their families they want they feel safer at home right, right. who knows what might be coming apparently they were declined and, and and told that they would be fired if they left and so hours later another emergency alarm rang and this major tornado hit the building and killing eight of the factory employees which is just imagine. very tragic across the board yeah. and prayers for all the families who lost loved ones and even the governor himself he personally lost two relatives which is pretty crazy how how much it actually affected the state. I wondered about that because there was a uh, a video of him breaking down during like the report when he was trying to speak, uh, I guess, kind of the, the update on the situation. He, he did break down and it was in the news, but that, that makes sense now. But this is something that is also sparking a lot of environmental debates uh, with many blaming climate change and, and global warming to cause this. What's what's your reaction to to all of this? Yeah, I don't know what to say in relation to environmental and, you know, the climate change and all of that. Definitely in some way we are contributing like we are stewards of the earth, so we're supposed to use the resources respectfully in a God-honoring way. But that's besides the point. Whether we're actually causing this climate change, we don't have enough data for that. We're only looking at with a uh, magnifying glass at like the period of time that we can only observe. But like, who knows how big these cycles are of, of weather change, right? Yeah, there, there's definitely, there have been recorded different cycles of the environment, right. of the of the weather, right? There was an ice age, then there was a warmer time. So, I mean, the climate is changing. So that's that's kind of out of the question. But how much of an effect do people have? Yeah, that's, right. I understand have, that. When you have like the, the incentive for the people on the side who are promoting the global warming, you know, of like, oh, by the way, the way to resolve this is to use our technology or to invest our money into our research. We're going to save the world. It's like, oh, hold on. But anyways, regardless, I'm, I'm just trying to reflect on the, on the recent floods that hit our region and how that crippled our highway you know, some of the communities were sort of temporarily disabled. We even came close to Western Mount Vernon, here where we live and record, uh, that it was almost evacuated. But even then, you move on. Maybe you rebuild the water damage parts of the house, whatnot. But man, for those people down there, it's a devastating disaster like you're describing. And the, the, the many months now that they will be now rebuilding, trying to restore the community, I just can't even imagine. And the loved ones that never returned home or, for example, losing like the home that you, in which you grew up, the home that you just built, um, yeah, the communities are hurting down there. So I was reading Al Mohler's comment on the situation and he goes, uh, compare, comparing it to the Pompeii, right? When the Pompeii was destroyed, like a whole community is wiped out by, by a natural disaster. And yes, today it's a volcano, tomorrow it's a tornado, a dust storm, an earthquake, right? We live in a, in a fault zone. Who knows when that one's going to hit, the big one that they're talking about. And so once again, we are reminded of the sheer force of nature. And although we're very advanced in our understanding of the world around us, it takes just one drastic event like this to humble us and to see ourselves like, oh, Man, in comparison to the universe, we're pretty small. This is definitely the world that we live in. And and I don't know how much control or effect that humans really have on the weather. But one thing that keeps me at peace is that the Bible talks about these kinds of severe weather events happening in the last days. And that, and that only means that Jesus is coming soon. Well, that's all for the stories for this week. We are so glad you've joined us for another episode of Life Ring. Please consider following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. Uh, just type in LifeRing Podcast. Also consider sharing it with a friend or a family member that would benefit from a weekly overview of the current events from a conservative and Christian perspective. 
And as always, we would like to remind you that there is no better news on any given day than the good news of Jesus Christ. He died for the sins of the world so that everyone who comes to him would be saved. We encourage you to seek him if you haven't already. Thank you for listening to Life Ring, and we'll see you next week.